Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of the Polly Rob Podcast. I'm your host, the Council Polly Rob, and I appreciate y'all once again joining in to indulge in the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you subscribe on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are now on TuneIn. We are now on YouTube. We're on a lot of platforms, y'all, so make sure y'all keep tuning in. It's getting bigger. It's getting better. And I appreciate all the comments, all the likes. And I especially appreciate everybody in our uh, discussion group. You know what I'm saying? We got our PolyRob Podcast discussion group. Uh, I randomly post questions that I feel like I want to get some answers from all the people that's been tuning in. And I just want to kind of pick your brain a little bit and see where your head is at you know what I mean y'all help me come up with ideas for the podcast uh y'all also inspire me to continue to talk about other topics that I may not have touched on you know what I mean and I appreciate that so make sure uh if you if you're not subscribed on a discussion group it's on Facebook type in the Polly Rob podcast discussion group and become a member, you know what I mean? It's a closed group, so it's no outside people doing some bullshit, you know what I'm saying? It's all about opening our minds, uh, establishing new ideas, and let's talk about some new shit. And if you, any any given time you got something to say, put it in a discussion group. We finna talk about it, for real. You know what I'm saying? Uh, BT weekend just passed a couple of days ago. Uh... I was flooded with BET weekend, you know what I'm saying, uh, working on some projects and some stuff with uh, Sweetie, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, Genesis, uh, just a bunch of different people. Uh, BET week was really, really dope. Shout out to my guy, uh, DJ Head, you know what I'm saying. Uh, he had the uh, BET uh, kick experience. That shit was live, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it was just full of people, you know what I'm saying, full of people, full of, uh, you know, sponsors, Full of uh, different booths You know what I'm saying I was in there playing Street Fighter 2 On some ill shit By the Nickelodeon booth You know what I mean Like it was just so much going on You know a bunch of dope artists On his stage On a bunch of dope artists On the Coca-Cola stage uh, McDonald's stage You know what I'm saying Backstage was dope The radio room was ill Like it was really dope man Shout out to Homegrown Radio Shout out to DJ Head uh, Shout out to my guy DJ DZ Who just um, got a job on Power 106. So DJ DZ uh, um, is on Power 106. Shout out to him. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of dope shit happening, man. So BT Weekend was dope. And it's good to see more and more of my peers and my colleagues that I grew up in the industry with, uh, you know, doing the major shit now. You know what I'm saying? Like we all are, uh, we were at a point where we actually watched, you know, all of our, People that was over us get all the major jobs and the major opportunities. And now it's all our turn. We're getting all of the, you know, major opportunities. So it's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so I had fun BT week. I was kind of tired because, you know, standing up all day, working, trying to get things done. You know what I mean? It's a lot, but, you know, you got to do it. And for every artist that was out on BT weekend, I hope you was passing out your CDs. I hope you was 
uh, sending out your links to your music to all the DJs. I hope you was doing whatever you can do to try to get your record played and try to get your career going in the right direction because that's what those events is for. It's BT Weekend, all the artists is out here, network with everybody, try to get a verse from somebody, don't matter big or small, just try to make some shit happen. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I think it's going to be good. So I, I look forward to seeing y'all next year, bigger and better things. And, you know, local astronauts got some ill shit coming for next year as well for BT Weekend. So um, my week has been good. Been doing a lot of production. Um, I got a chance to talk to one of my uh, good friends, uh, uh, Salini. You know what I'm saying? That's my guy. You know what I mean? And um, he actually hit me with a, a request. You know what I mean? He was like, yo. He was like, man, I was looking online, man, and I was trying to figure out. Um, he was like, I, I was trying to find a, a YouTube clip or to find some literature online or whatnot about, you know, what's the right way to pick beats or what, what's any way to pick beats. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, he's a producer himself, but he always likes to expand himself uh, the best way possible by, you know, just learning new shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Selene is uh, actually the guy who um, made the toms on the, the song Teach Me How to Dougie. He actually made the toms sound. He made the actual sound from scratch. You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy. Um, and he's always into learning, always into just expanding, doing new dope shit. So um, he was like, yo, uh, you should do an episode um, about, you know, Picking beats, like what's the right way, what's the wrong way, you know what I mean? And I was like, ooh, that's a dope ass topic. And me being a producer, you know what I'm saying, and an engineer, you know, a lot of times my brain goes so many different ways of what I should look for or what any artist should look for, you know what I'm saying, in terms of picking beats. So today's topic is my science of picking beats my science of picking beats this is my science you know what i'm saying this is not law this is not something that uh uh it's in his history books it's just my science you know what i'm saying i feel like my science is, is pretty solid and we're gonna go through it step by step and before we get to those little small things that i look for for picking beats we're gonna cover a couple of things we're gonna cover um you know the whole layout of telling stories versus painting pictures, uh, you know, what to look for in a beat when you're working on a project and, and different projects at that. Um, we're going to talk about the best and worst beat pickers, you know what I'm saying? My version and, you know, whatever y'all might think as well. Um, and just overall, just, uh, you know, trying to add uh, the beat uh, selection and production selection, a part of your real arsenal when you're creating the music that you want the world to hear. You know what I'm saying? So, um, first things first, man, let's get, let's get into it. Um, w one of the biggest things that I, I, I kind of do when I'm in the process of making music is I ask myself, whomever, I, whomever I'm making a beat for, whomever I'm working on the song with, doesn't matter who it is. The, one of the first things I ask myself to answer during this session is is the artist trying to tell a story or is the artist trying to paint a picture right now? Let me let me say it again. 
in the session when I'm working with an artist, the question that I ask myself is the artist trying to tell a story or is the artist trying to paint a picture? Let me explain what that is. You know, first off, let me take a sip of my, my drink and it ain't a medicine ball. Appreciate y'all. So, you got to think about it. When you're working on a record, what type of record do you feel like you want to present? Are you trying to tell a particular story? Like if I'm working with an R&B artist, is she, she telling a story about a love song? Um, is she telling a story about a situation that may have happened? Doesn't have to be direct, just the overall concept. Like, are you telling a story about a situation that has occurred that people can relate to? Are you um, telling a story about a particular situation that someone else has been in or something you, that you have seen? Like, are you telling a story? Because that factors into the type of production that you may select. Then there's painting pictures. Like these are songs where it's not a really about the story. It's just about the aura and the general purpose of what this song consists of. Painting pictures like, you know, painting a scene, painting a mood, painting an aura, painting a vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you painting a picture with this music or are you being more direct and in detail and telling an actual story? Like, for instance, uh, Ice Cube, Today Was a Good Day. That's telling a story. Um, uh, a record like Ice Cube, We Be Clubbing, that's painting a picture. You know what I'm saying? Uh, cream. Even though a cream by Wu-Tang, even though it's painting a picture, it's really a story. Cash rules everything around me. Let's talk about Raekwon, Inspector Deck. They're telling the story of how cash rules everything around me. This, this is the story of it. You're telling the story. And when you're trying to decide which thing that you're doing, it's going to help you look for the right production of what you're looking for. Like, for instance, if I know that an artist is telling a story with the record, no matter what genre it's in, no matter what mood that it's in, I try to make sure that there are certain things that I let the artist put together voice-wise. Like, for instance, when you're building the beat for somebody who's telling a story, you know that there's moods that's going to be changing. You know that there's feelings that's going to be changing in different layers. And it's made... It's supposed to be made, in my opinion, it's supposed to be made to enhance or help the artist tell the story through instrumental. If there's a point where they're getting very dramatic, 
then the beat should reflect that. If it's a point where the song is getting more and more emotional, then the instrument, the instruments should reflect that. Certain instruments should reflect that. Whereas when you're painting a picture, the whole overall beat should be whatever aura it's supposed to be. Even if it breaks down, like it could be a party record, even if it breaks down a certain way or it's giving you a certain, you know, uh, a certain hype feeling, it's going to be a continuous hype feeling through the entire song. It's not going to be a moody song where you're trying to make a club record, but then there's an emotional part to it. It's not going to happen. Very seldom that that situation happens. So when you're telling stories, moods can go in so many different ways. The beat can go in so many different ways. But as where you're painting a picture, your objective is to create musically the overall scene of what the song is going to be. I hope y'all following me because this is real shit. So when it comes to, because I used to be an artist before, before I was a producer, I was an artist. So I had the privilege of, you know, selecting certain production for the music that I would put together. And even in the early stages of my production, I'm excuse me, excuse me, in the early stages of my artistry, I would really try to look for the beats that can best tell my story or best paint my picture. Those are the two things for me. Those are the two things that are important to me is to be able to have a beat that can complement you emotionally with your story. And I can also complement the vibe and the feeling of what, what, what you're on when you're doing. So for me, when I would look for certain beats, there are certain things that I know that drives the emotional state. Like when you look, when you, what you're looking for in a beat, when you're trying to party, you're looking for something with heavy bass. Bass translates with rhythm. It translates with the feeling, the feeling of how you feel, feeling upbeat, feeling up tempo, feeling good. The treble is more in tune with the mind, the hi-hats, the melody, the claps. That's more in tune with the mind, how the mind sees everything going. So when you're making a club record, you can see how it's a, it's always a lot of heavy bass. And I look for that when I'm making club records or I look for that when I'm making like records that's trying to rumble for the trunk. Rumble for the trunk because in the car is also another level of, of party for a lot of people. A lot of people party in clubs, more people party in, in, the, in the car. It's real. Also, other things that I look for in a beat. I look for space. Let me explain what that means. 
I look for space in the beat. I look for an opportunity to add my vocal, my cadence, my flavor, my voice to the actual record. Now, I know you guys heard this term before. This beat is dope, but I feel like I can't rap to it. You heard that phrase before. This beat is ill, but I feel like I, I can't rap to it. I, I don't know what to say on it, but it's dope, though. Or you hear something like, man, I feel like this beat got a lot going on. It got a hell of a lot going on. I don't know what to do to it. I don't know how to come because it's got a lot going on. These are situations where producers overproduce. When they overproduce and the artist can apply themselves to the record, it's just a, it's a dope beat. But no one could do anything with it because it's not giving the artist the space that it needs, that the artist needs to be able to apply themselves to the record. Good records are mesh between good vocals and good instrumentation being a marriage with each other. And that doesn't always mean 50-50. Let me explain. You can have a beat that's 70% dope. But it only needs that other 30% of artistry to make it a hit, to make it awesome. I know y'all heard the phrases like, oh, I only like the song because the beat is dope. Oh, I only like the song because the lyrics is dope. That's that, that pendulum of percentage going either way. It's shifting either way. Looking for space in a beat is important because you got to know how to apply yourself to the record. There's a lot of records in this world that are great records that are very simple, but it's giving the artist so much space to work with. You hear so many flavors and so many cadences and so many, so many breakdowns. Like it's dope. It's crazy. But then you hear, Beats that are very full. And then if the artists know what they're doing, or if they know, if, they, if they're talented enough to know that it don't need that much, or they're open enough to know that it doesn't need that much, they do something simple and basic, and then that becomes a hit. So I always look for space in the beat. Space. There's a there's a there's an opening in the sound that I can apply the artist to that. And that was something that I learned as an artist and it transferred into me being a producer and engineer. So when I produce, I produce with the idea of I got to leave space for the artist to do their thing. And not just, not just one artist. Like when I make beats, I make five or six beats a day. That's just my thing. I go in. But along with doing that, 
I know that there's certain parts of this beat that I got to leave space to or at a certain point in time, I got to stop because sometimes, sometimes there, there are, there's beats or production that a producer might work on and they overly produce it. They spend the whole day producing it and going in and doing a thing, which rightfully so do your thing. But then you play it for the person you was working on it for, or you just play it randomly because you got it in your arsenal for an artist that want to hear beats. And then they be like, yo, this shit rocking. But do me a favor. Take that out, take that out, and take that out, and then boom, I'm going to rock with that. That's when you know, it's not that you didn't, that you overproduced per se, but you did it, you overproduced for that artist. Because that artist don't want all the extras. They just want a couple of things that's booming and they want to do their thing. So a lot of my production that I have, I have it. It's it's set up to where I want to hear how multiple artists can sound on this one track. Because I don't know what they're going to do. I might have a record that starts off as a West Coast feel. And then it got like some R&B keys to it. But then I don't go heavy and overload it with the keys because I'm like, hold on. Even though this is a West Coast beat with a little R&B feel. I could still get a hardcore rapper on here to go in or. I might get somebody with like a super soulful voice to do some Daniel Caesar type shit. I don't know. Or it might be a combination of both of those types of styles on a record. But I don't want to overproduce the record in one facet and then miss out on the opportunity of another artist to hear it and be like, yo, I can flip this shit. I can flip this. Some of those best records that you hear are those artists that take something that's not necessarily in their quote unquote pocket and do something amazing with it. Amazing. Other things that I look for in a beat. I look for the breakdowns. Where are the breakdowns? Is the beat just repetitive all the way through? It's it's some beats that you play it just one loop and one sample all the way through, and the shit is amazing. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the beats that you want to have a full instrumental feel to like where are the breakdowns are the breakdowns hitting the way I feel like it should hit. Those are things to look for a eight bar breakdown come in, you know, uh, uh, a breakdown just before the, the chorus comes in. How, do, how does all of that translate? How does that translate? I love different breakdowns. I love little breaks. You know what I'm saying? I love when you, when you take something out and you drop it back in. Bah! You know what I'm saying? Crazy. I love that. And I think artists should be looking for that too. Because it just gets you in that feel, in that vibe. Like, man, free, when you hear a beat and you listening to beats, man, freestyle to it. Freestyle to it in your head. Freestyle to it, you know, out loud. However you do it. 
and see if it just translates with your voice and it goes where it need to go. Because when you doing that and then all of a sudden that breakdown come in, when it cut, the beat come out and it drop back in, you be like, oh, sometimes that be the deal breaker on whether you buy that beat or not. That be the deal breaker. That be the deal breaker. Like, oh, these breakdowns are so cold. I'm with that. Sorry, I, I had to take a drink. Sorry. Other things I look for in a beat. And and this is this is just things that I feel like artists should should tune into. Because this is another science of 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 picking a beat. If you know a producer, whether they're known or they're not known, if they've put records out already, listen to as much as you can. Because picking a beat that don't sound like all the other beats that he did is very important. Very important. I know you you might go to a producer for a particular style or whatnot, and that's all good. That's cool. But what about going to that producer to do something that you or he has never done before or she has never done before? That'd be the flip side. Go to a producer, tell them to play some beats and burn down a record that don't sound like nothing that they ever put out before. That's a science that I feel like makes great artists. I know that there's some beats that Kendrick Lamar was listening to and then all of a sudden a producer played something for two seconds and skipped it. And he was like, whoa, go back to that. Go back to that. And he play it. And he'd be like, well, this shit fire. And the producer be like, oh, man, I, just, I was just playing around, man. I, I ain't even like that like type of shit that I do. And he'd be like, you know what? I want that. Let me get that. And he do something amazing to it. And it's a number one hit. Looking for different shit, not just different shit for you, different shit from the producer that's making the beats. You know, it's funny because, you know, as an artist, I man, I used to sit there and be like, man, when I get to RZA, I want one of them shadow boxing joints. You know what I'm saying? That he did on Ghostface album. I want one of them to cow type beats. You know what I'm saying? But as I got older, I realized like, nah, man, I want to do, man, I want to do something different with RZA. I want to do something RZA ain't never did before. And even though I'm a producer now, that's just how I think. That's how I think now. If I'm working with an artist, I'm looking for all the stuff that he do, that she do. What's your pocket? And then I try to give you something that's different than what your pocket is. It's a little bit in your pocket, style and cadence wise, but it's different. 
that sound more different than all your other records because those are the records that's going to stand out. Artists, if you're picking beats, pick beats that's going to stand out, that's going to be different from the beats that they've already done. Open your mind, open your mind, open your, open your spirit, open your heart. Don't just do the same beats that, oh, because this nigga's a ratchet producer, you're just going to get a ratchet beat from him all the time. Fuck that. Tell that nigga to open that folder. Open that folder that he don't usually open for everybody. Open that experimental folder. We all got it. As producers, we all got the experimental folder. Trust me. I got one. And I'll be trying to not I'll be trying to not play that for different artists. Because in my brain, I'd be like, man, I just want them to give them my best. But not even understanding that experimental folder be the one. The experimental folder be the one. The science of picking beats, man, I'm telling you. Try to find something different every time, every time. Because people always say that they, they don't want to be kept in a box. But in actual reality, when you first think about you, something that you want to do, the only thing that you think about is the things that you're familiar with. You only want to do or you think about the things that you're familiar with. It's not until your second brain pull up and say, Hold on, G. Let's do some different shit. Let's go off the deep end today. Let's go all the way off the deep end and let's pick a beat that's on some different crazy shit. And let's try it. Let's see how I come out. How I come out. Another one of my science uh, for picking beats. And this is something that I feel like every artist should do at some point in time. Not saying in the beginning of their career, not saying at the end. I don't know when. You, you'll be able to tell me better than I can tell you. But it's definitely a, an essential thing. Challenging yourself. When you pick and beats, you have to challenge yourself. You got to challenge yourself. Challenge yourself on a particular style of beat and see where that takes you. See what type of different feeling that gives you. See what type of aura. And, and along with that, like just a small tip, when you picking some different production, do that shit away from everybody that you, that you know you fuck with. Do it away from all of them. Do it away from your friends. Do it away from your, your partners that be rapping with you. Do it away from them. Because they gonna, the first thing that's going to happen when you listening to different beats and different styles that they're not accustomed to and you're not accustomed to, the first thing they're going to do is be like, oh, nah, man, that, that's not it. That's not it, fam. That's, that, that's not what we on. Nah, man. Listen to them shits by yourself. Figure them type of things out because you never know what those new beats is going to spark mentally for you, for what you can do. 
That's my science. I, I listen like when I'm making beats or I'm listening to beats because it's not just a, it's not me just making all the beats to all the production we do at local astronauts. It's other producers. But when I listen to the, to the shit that they got, first thing I'm thinking is like, yo, what type of new shit you got that's different from the other shit that we've been doing? Let's see what we can get. Let's challenge ourselves. Just yesterday, I'm working with A1, and he like, man, I want to cook up some records or whatnot. I'm like, for sure. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I don't want to do the same old shit. I want to do some different shit. I pulled up some beats. I'm like, look, I'm thinking about this type of idea, this type of idea, and I played a folder of some different type of beats and he caught my drift of what I was on. And then boom, it sparked the idea for him. And then boom, started to record it and shit came out crazy. And we got to finish it. But picking beats that challenges you, it does two things. It does two things. Let me explain. When you pick different style of beats that's not in your comfort zone, first, it expands your mind to other things that you can be into, other styles that you don't know you have. And then it also makes you evaluate the actual music that you already do. It makes you evaluate that music and think to yourself like, hmm, Am, am I taking myself in the right direction? Am I doing the best of what I can do in this style? Am I living up to what I can do with, with this? Do I need to add more to this arsenal than what I've been doing? So it challenges your thought process on you doing something new. And then it also helps you evaluate the shit that you already did. I was working with an artist. It's funny because, you know, when me and my business partner, Badrew, we work on records, you know, we kind of like good cop, bad cop type of thing every now and then. It's like me, I would, you know, find the right space, the right comfort zone to make sure that the artist is comfortable or whatnot and be in pocket. And then he would come with the like, Okay, you're comfortable, but let's see how these things that make you uncomfortable, how that makes you tick or how that makes you go. And uh, we was working sorry, with... I don't know how to help with that. Oh, that, sorry. That's, uh, that's a, a, a Google voice. It gets real. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes, like we was, we was working with this one artist and he would, you know, we going through beats. This is when we first met him. We going through beats and he picking the stuff that's in his pocket. Boom, boom, in his pocket, in his pocket, in his pocket. What he love. And it's dope. So we work on the first record. That's dope. Work on the second record. That's dope. Third record. Okay. We getting in the same style already, but let's switch it up. We switched it up. First, he didn't understand it. First, he was, you know, he was kind of thinking like, ah, maybe y'all taking me out of my element. 
But then he was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. He was open-minded enough to be like, yo, we're just going to rock with it. Let's see, let's see where it go. And the response that he got from his peers, his you know original peers that he around and whatnot, they, they was loving it. They're like, oh, what you on now? That's crazy. That's dope. Then we end up doing this one record that was like a fusion between rock and hip-hop. It's crazy. He ain't never did no rock type record ever in, in his life. He did on that day. And it's monstrous. And you guys will be hearing it very soon. But the point that I'm making is. He challenged himself. We challenged him and he took on a challenge. And we showed him something that he can add to his arsenal for the duration of his career. And that's what picking the right type of beats for you can do. It can either expand what you got going or it can hurt what you got going. It's not a, it's not a situation where you got to be nerve wrecked over. Because it's still all about feeling. At the end of the day, picking a beat is about the feeling. If you feel it, you feel it. If you don't, you don't. But how you get to that point where you can start feeling more styles, feeling more type of energies is being able to explore. There's a lot of great beat pickers, artists that are great beat beat pickers. And then there's Terrible beat pickers. Well, terrible of what people might say. So before we get out of here, I want to talk about what would make you a great beat picker and what will make you a terrible beat picker by industry standard, by industry standard. Now, people believe great beat pickers are people who first pick beats that are not outdated, who pick beats that are in the right time frame. That plays an element. Also picking beats that allows the artist to apply their signature cadence to for them to rock it the way they're supposed to rock it. At any given time, if the artist picks the beat and is, is having a difficult time being him on the beat and this is songs out there in the world like that, that would be considered a bad beat pick. But a good beat, beat pick in industry standard is somebody who can listen to that beat and immediately apply their natural style to the record flawlessly and make a great song out of it. Another thing that makes a, a great beat picker is somebody who knows how to collectively select music and instrumentals that flow seamlessly through their projects. Now keep in mind that process is not always just the artist. A lot of times it's multiple people picking beats for that artist. Multiple people. 
Well, all in all, it is a project that the artist is working on. So nine times out of 10, they kind of get the last say so before the, the record, you know, is being done anyway. So an artist who can collectively pick beats that flow seamlessly throughout the project is usually a, a great beat picker. And last but not least, uh, an artist who can get uh, great beats for them from multiple producers is considered a great beat picker. If you can get good, good, good sounding instrumentals and music and keep your level of dope records throughout all the producers you work with, you're a great beat picker. Now, what makes a bad beat picker is someone who has to always adjust their flow and their style to the music based on the lack of instruments or dopeness to the music. Now, let me explain it. Let me say that again. The artist who has to constantly, constantly adjust themselves to the beat and the music and not be comfortable in that state, comfortable as in you still, you still spit a dope verse, you still did a dope cadence, you still came off the way you would come off. If you can't do that, they would consider yourself a bad beat picker. Someone, of course, someone who doesn't make a dope song constantly over over the duration of their album is not a good beat picker. You can't make a dope song over these beats for your project. You're not a good beat picker. Somebody who uh, sonically, and I'm not talking about sales. I'm talking about just sonically having dope music more times than they have whack music is a bad beat picker. If you have whack music more times than you have dope music, you're a bad beat picker. That's just by industry standard. It's real. So before I get out of here, I want to talk about some artists who are great beat pickers. And I explain a little bit why. And I explain uh, some Terrible beat pickers, and I'll explain why. Because being a terrible beat picker does not mean that you make all terrible music or you're a terrible artist. And we'll, I'm going to get to that. Now, in my opinion, some artists that are the best beat pickers, and I, this is how I'm judging it. Based on their entire catalog of music, they've had more dope songs, more dope beats than bad beats. That's how I'm judging it. Out of their whole entire catalog, they had more dope beats, more dope songs than they had whack ones. That's how I'm judging the best beat pickers. And this is not in no particular order, but I'll name them. 
Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer always got dope beats. Go through his whole catalog from Iron Man all the way to Big Dope Rehab. He always got dope beats. Always. Talib Kweli. Always dope beats. From Black Star to Reflection Eternal, all the way to his solos albums. Yo, Talib Kweli undeniably always has dope beats. Always. Simple, more instruments, don't matter. Always dope beats, and he always apply himself perfect to those beats. Too Short. When have you ever heard Too Short on a bad beat? Never. You've never heard Too Short on a bad beat, ever in life. He always know how to pick beats. Even on features, he still got the dope beats. Always. OT Genesis. You already know. That's my guy. He undefeated in singles. That man is undefeated. He never had a bad beat. Because no matter how many singles that he make, no beat is the same. And he don't ride each beat the same. He do a different flavor every time. Listen to him. Type in OT Genesis on Apple Music and listen to all the music. Undefeated. Always pick dope beats. Ludacris. Ludacris always pick dope beats. Undeniable. Rick Ross. You already know. Rick Ross the boss. He always pick every album he got at least 90% dope beats. 90%. And he just, he keep getting better and better and better and better. Diddy. When have you heard a whack beat from Diddy? Whether he was making it or whether he was on it. Never had a whack beat from Diddy. Never. I can't recall none. Let me know. I can't recall no whack beats from Diddy. Nor with the artists he be working with. All the artists he worked with ain't no whack beats. None. Outcast. Now y'all may think that it's a whack beat in the beginning. But let me tell y'all why Outcast picked dope beats. Because every time they drop a song. You cannot get that song out of your head. You cannot get that beat out of your head. You can't get those sounds out of your head. You can't get the chorus out of your head. You can't get the lyrics out of your head. You can't get nothing out of your head. Every time Outkast drop an album or drop a song, you can't get none of that stuff out of your head. They pick those beats all day. Shout out to the Dungeon family. J. Cole. I was surprised. J. Cole pick a lot of dope beats, man. And he make a lot of dope beats, too. He picked dope beats. Even in the beginning of his career, he had dope motherfucking beats. For sure. For sure. 
Last on my list, because there's a lot more, but these are just the list I got so far. Last but not least, every single artist on Griselda Records. Every artist on Griselda Records picked dope beats. Why you say? Because I know. Because all their projects got fire beats. 95% fire. All the beats is fire. All the songs, crazy. Not because I'm a fan. But if you was to put those beats back to back as instrumentals on a project, they all fire. And you know how I know they always pick dope beats? Because if you put any one of the top MCs from the East, West, North, or South, they will all burn it down the same way. All burn it down. Anybody know when you got the slow flow and you got a slow beat and you getting off, it's the Ellis. It's the Ellis. Everybody on Griselda Records, Conway, Westside Gun, Benny, they all got dope beats. Lord Fleet, that's my guy. Going up. El Camino, that's my guy. Going up. They all got dope beats. Now, before I get up out of here, let's talk about the worst beat pickers. And y'all finna be mad at me at for this one. But I don't care. I'm finna say it. I'm finna say it. I'm going to explain why, too. Number one, Nas. Nazir Jones. Nasty Nas. Nostradamus. One of the worst beat pickers in the world. Let me explain why. You got to realize something. New York niggas don't give a fuck. Most of them don't care. New York rappers, most of them don't give a fuck. You can give them a boom, click, boom, click. Them niggas will try to make a song out of it. Them niggas will try to burn down anything. You can give them a Them niggas will try to make a song out of it and try to burn it down lyrically. I'm sorry. That is the gift and the curse of New York rappers. I know. I'm from Brooklyn. I know. Sorry. Nas, he picked terrible beats because he he be in the moment when he pick them and he go. And he just go. He got a verse for him and he go. He writing the record. He going. Still one of the greatest, still top five greatest MCs in the world. But that's why. Because it doesn't matter if he picked terrible beats. The man is a monster. The man is a monster. He'll make you remember an entire song word for word because he's that good. Fuck the beat. But he's definitely a bad beat picker. Next, Razkaz. Razkaz is a terrible beat picker. Sorry. 
Solo Nice was a great project. Some of the beats wasn't wasn't good for him. Then when he got on Rassassination, which I love that album. I love both albums. But let's be honest. All the beats on Rassassination was not fire. You could probably pick three of them. But how he did his thing on it is what made everything blossom. Because he's that good of an artist. Jadakiss. Oh, man. How many albums of Jadakiss have you listened to? And he got terrible beats. That knock yourself out beat was terrible. Terrible. Knock yourself out was terrible. But he got it off. He got a couple of joints. He got a couple of, you know, we go make it and, you know, why. And he got a couple of joints. But overall, he got terrible beats. But that's what make him even greater. Because the man get off. E-40. Sorry, E-40. You don't pick all the dopest beats, man. Sorry, Fody, you my guy. I fuck with all your music. I've been fucking with your music since the mailman. But those not all fire beats. But what you do to them is fire. But the beats ain't fire. But I feel like E-40 suffers from that same syndrome that the New York rappers suffer from. It ain't never, I feel like he be like, it ain't about the beat, it's about the game on the beat. It ain't about the beat. It's the game. I'm spitting on the beat. Which always matters more. Let's carry on. YG. Sorry, my guy. YG, you know I love you. I fuck with you. But you don't pick the best beats, fam. And let me explain why. It's not that the beats is not dope. It's just that it's repetitive in style. You pick the same beats a grip of times. And you try to do new stuff to the same beat, which we get it, but we don't get it. We get it, but we don't get it. But at the same time, it's like you do your shit and you handle your business. And that's what makes you great. But you're not a great beat picker, though. Last but not least, and I got it's, I got more, but I'm, I'm not going to name everybody. Last but not least, and y'all finna be mad at me for this one. No, no, actually, this is second to the last. We give y'all last one. Second to the last. Buster Rhymes. But I don't, I don't want, don't argue with me. Buster Rhymes is not a great beat picker. Cause let me tell you something. None of y'all would have picked that beat. Not now, not an artist would have picked that beat. Even the Wuhan got you all in check. That wasn't a hot one either. But what he did to it was monumental. Come on, man. Bust Rhymes not a great beat picker, but what he do to it, he slaughter it. And I respect him 100% for it. And, and, and I don't want y'all to get it misconstrued because me, I really don't give a shit whether you pick a good beat or not. If you deliver on a hot song, 
You got it. You got it, fam. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the science of picking beats. And Bust Rhymes ain't got the science. Last but not least, y'all finna be mad at me, and I'm finna explain. One of my top five. Sean Carter, Jay-Z. He don't pick no fire beats all the time. Matter of fact, only about 60% of the beats he picked be fire. But what he do to it, he the greatest of all time, hands down. Hands down. It's like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's team wasn't fire, but he was, so they got ships. And and I feel I really feel like you know Jay Z's New York rapper. You know what it is? It's Brooklyn stand up. So records like, uh, oh my baby, you drive me crazy. He he just got off. That wasn't a hot beat, but he got off. Then uh, uh, other records like uh, uh, um, what was it? Um, the city is mine. You belong to the city. I love that record, but that was not a hot beat. None of you niggas would have picked that beat. He got it in with Timberland. He got it in with Pharrell. He got it in with Kanye. He got it in with a lot of cats. But he don't hit on all cylinders with the beats all the time. But I think that that's what adds to his greatness. That's why he's the greatest of all time, because it don't matter what beat you give him. He's going to destroy it and make a great song. I think that's the bottom line. Make a great song. Whatever your science is of picking beats. Make sure your science leads to the formula of making a great song. That's the most important part. If you're not doing that. You're not doing yourself justice. And that's what we want. We want these artists to do themselves justice of making dope records. It's very important. Because, of course, hip hop needs to continue to have dope music. That's what we're here for. Aren't we? I thank y'all for listening, man. This is the Polly Rob Podcast, man. Make sure y'all continue to listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, uh, uh, iTunes, uh, YouTube, TuneIn, all of it. Make sure you subscribe, man, and make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. You know what I mean? If y'all listen to the podcast, man, send the link out to whomever you feel like need you know, need to hear this, you know what I'm saying? And and need to add input, you know what I mean? Because I'm all about that, you know what I mean? I'm all about growth, and I'm all about feedback. And if y'all are on Facebook, subscribe to my Potty Rob Podcast discussion group. And, man, let's get to it, man. I appreciate y'all, man. This is my science of picking beats. And I hope y'all got some game from it, and I hope y'all make some dope music, all right? Peace.